You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our city. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Jake is back. Jake <laughs> is back. He's out the hospital. Five straight wins. A sweep of the A's. He's got all. was hooked up to our dear friend Jake, who was battling in the hospital for not one, not two, three fucking days, and he's back on the podcast so that we don't sound like we're on fucking helium. So I didn't listen to it. Did it actually sound like that? I didn't listen to it either. I just saw the post complaining about it. I was like, listen, man, we're out here battling. We're down a man. We're down the point person. We're thankful that Jeremy was able to step in during J-Dog. Jake's absence. J-Dog. Jeremy. Um, but yeah, uh, Jake, how are you feeling? Feeling a lot better. Um, it was funny. I woke up on at like 6.30 on Monday morning. And I was like, I wonder how they're going to address it or if they're going to address it. Jared's just like, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, blah, blah, blah. Jake's in the hospital. Just like, <laughs> Straight with it. I was like, all right, that's how they're going to do it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, listen, I said the show has got to go on because that's what Jake would want. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I've revealed a lot of personal stories on this podcast and things from my life. Mm -hmm. No one ever reaches out to see if I'm okay or what's going on. Someone yeah, like two or three people actually reached out and were like, hey, can you give me an update? Is Jake actually going to be okay? People would not ask if I was okay that they know, but they no. wanted to know if Jake was out of the hospital, the behind the scenes knowledge. So people love Jake. Clearly, clearly yeah. your life's more important than mine. Definitely. Uh, do you, how many responses did you get on Twitter? People asking about your, your well-being. Yeah. So I, I heard that at like 630. I knew like 8, 830 when people started waking up the the text, the DMs were rolling through. <laughs> and Tyler, Tyler was telling people I was about to die. So yeah, that's, that's true. It, it felt I that think that's way. That's why people were, mm -hmm. were concerned. But no, I appreciate all the love. Um, feeling a lot better now. That's good. That's good. I felt like I was going to die without Jake. I know what the hell I was going to do. I, listen, J Dog and me did not hit it off clearly. So like, I, I need my guy. You don't guy. really hit it off with anybody though. Did you pick him because you knew he wouldn't like me, Jake? No, I think that just naturally happened. <laughs> yeah, there was there was no pre-planning to that. We just kind of were like, all right, we'll give it a shot. See if Jeremy is is going to be uh, Tyler's Jake. And it listen, it didn't happen for you. What happened to Bullet? Uh, he died. He did. He did. And you know what? Maybe your friendship with Jeremy, maybe that won't be dead for very long i don't know I, I hope you guys hit it off maybe if you get a second chance nope. at some point we don't fuck with each other right i agree i was just trying to make you feel better didn't help uh it's gonna be a quick episode today because uh tyler is binge drinking tonight is that what you said something like that actually Tyler's going out tonight. I literally have to leave for 98.5 The Sports Hub. Tony Maz, 6 to 7 every Wednesday. Uh, I have to leave in like 20 minutes. Um, but we weren't even going to do an episode. But we figured, how are we going to leave you guys hanging on the Stop and Chop Lookhead? So we're going to break down the matchups for this Chicago Cubs series to kick off the second half. But before we do that, Tyler, before we do that, I think there's something we have to talk about. Something huge we have to talk about. Something huge. Well, it's it's two things, but it's two things in one, really. Uh, why are you you look confused? The two things in one. Yeah, I mean Roman Anthony. That's my thing. Being a top ten prospect, but then like the side note is that he he's leapfrogged Marcelo okay. Meyer as the top prospect in the system. And listen, I'm not saying I, people are people are people are making way too big of a deal out of that. Being like, oh, Marcelo Meyer's not the not the best prospect in the Red Sox system anymore. It's like, no, 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 no. he's the number 10 prospect in all of baseball on baseball he is a top 10 prospect. Yeah, he's a top 10 prospect in Major League Baseball. It just so happens that you now have two top 10 prospects I, I whoever did the rankings i think they did this just to cause chaos that's exactly what happened like it's very similar to me entering the year miguel blaze was listed as the 20th best prospect on Fangraphs top 100 this is kind of the game of the prospect world like who can be the first publication that's hot on a name before anyone or willing to make that leap right and we're watching what roman mm -hmm. anthony's doing at high eight it's absolutely ludicrous there's no other way to frame it the dude has a 1331 ops seven jacks and like 17 games or something like that it is absolutely berserk all the stuff we talked about when he was at uh salem and everything which is an awful place to hit right horrendous place to hit all the yeah. under the hood stuff that people were talking about it's coming to fruition in front of us he's hitting just bombs. roman anthony roman anthony's hitting 362 with a 486 on base, 
and an 845 slug. It's a 1331 OPS, seven homers, a triple, five doubles, and 58 at bats. 16 Ks to 14 walks. So like that's the plate approach. Like it's ludicrous. And he he just turned 19 at like the very beginning of yeah. May. He is that young. But yeah, this whole thing with them putting him at nine, this is them trying to call their shot a little bit and being aggressive. I think if you look like people were tweeting me saying it was fake. I got a whole bunch of that. Like you're just making shit up. Like I want to see the actual rankings at Baseball America. He's at 91. Kylie just had him at their midseason update at 49. It takes a little bit. MLB Pipeline hasn't done their midseason yet, so he's not even on that list. But this is where the hype has been. He's arguably the biggest breakout prospect across baseball this year. And, yeah. you know, props to the Red Sox for how they went about drafting him. You know, he's the comp for Eduardo Rodriguez, the comp pick. So, yeah, third pick in that draft. You go underslot with Mikey Romero. These are the cool things that can happen. Very similar to Blaze Jordan. Now, Roman Anthony's on a different level here, but Trying to act like, first off, Roman Anthony isn't that guy. Go look at the friggin' stats. There's a reason they didn't care what he was doing at Salem and he got that promotion. This is nothing but excellent news for the Boston Red Sox. When you talk about a system, whether it could replenish itself and consistently pump out these guys, the reality of the Red Sox system throughout really the last 20 years, I would say, and Jared, you go even farther back, so maybe you can break it down better. It felt like the system would hit this high point and then it would always come all the way back down to the ground. You'd end up in like 30th or towards the very back end. Well, you've graduated Jaron Duran, Brian Bayo, Tristan Casas. That doesn't include the Winks, the Cutter Crawfords, all the names that have come up in the last few years. And you're slowly sitting here and saying, holy shit. Heim has built a constant pipeline where you're getting these guys every year. Every level has guys. You know, there's still Sedan Raffaella and Nick York, you know, Meyer, obviously in the system. Luis Peral is breaking out and getting his promotion to high A. Welcoming Gonzalez. There is so much to be excited. You go down to the DSL, what Cespedes is doing down there. You want to talk about a kid who's fucking exploding? Alex Spear said the other day he might be the best hitting prospect to come through since Rafael Devers. And oh, hmm. by the way, what happened to Miguel Blaise, who was the biggest name probably coming into this year everyone was talking about outside of Meyer? Oh, well, he had a shoulder dislocation. So this whole year gets completely thrown out. He's still in the top 100 on every list. How can you not love that as a Red Sox fan and be thrilled? So that's why, you know, like I said, when I go to talk to Maz and it's all doom and gloom and I guarantee you at some point in, the, in, that, in that hour that I'm on with Tony, the conversation will steer towards how long does Heim have left? and. Uh, does he even make it to the end of the year and stuff like that? He, like Maz didn't even want uh, Maz didn't even want Heim to do the draft. He wanted him fired before the draft. But he was like, well, you know, uh, like th- they all do the homework in, in the months and years leading not, up, whatever. Bloom, so like, it's helps. not necessarily the draft. But then he'll say he doesn't want Heim to even be around for the trade deadline. Well, that's just a, a very muddied conversation anyway, because as we talked about on baseball is dead this morning, who knows who, like what major players are going to be moving teams this year. There's so many teams that think that they're in it right now that I don't even know that there's going to be a blockbuster trade at all. Never mind what the Red Sox do. What about what any team does? Like, I, I don't know that that, that move is out there this year because of the new playoff format, but I guess we'll see either way to Tyler's point. Let Heim cook. I mean, he's cooking right now. And I think that uh, it, what Red Sox fans are conditioned to think and, and, they're, and by the way, you're not wrong for feeling this way because I I feel this way a little bit, too. 
we are conditioned to either expect or see a contender every single year. Like that's what we've been conditioned to expect ever since, you know, I was in middle school to high school, like you were in contention every single year until you weren't. You at least started the year with those expectations and then you see what hand you're dealt and we'll see what happens as as you go. But 2006, I think that was third place, 2010, third place, uh, 14, you were coming off a World Series title. 2012, you were coming off the best Red Sox team ever. Uh, 15, you at least went out and spent a bunch of money. So you're talking about even like the years that didn't finish the way that you wanted them to, you at least still had the expectation going in. In the Heim era, we've had plenty of teams where we knew at the start of the season, this team's cooked. <laughs> and that's not that's not something that we're used to. That's not something that you should ever be used to in a market like this. So now I think when you talk about the the plan, what's Heim's plan? You let you traded Mookie, you let Xander walk. Like, what's the plan? Where what's the direction? You got to look under the hood at all these players that are coming up right now. I mean, the player like talking about. Uh, they better fucking play Ra- or pay Rafael Devers. He came from the system. Oh, they let Xander Bogarts walk. The franchise is fucked. He came from the system. I think what Haim is doing right now is what Theo Epstein tried to do and did to an extent do uh, during his time here, which was turn the Red Sox into a player development machine where at least when Theo was here, he was spending John Henry's money and the free agent dollars. And still, uh, we've had this conversation a billion times. It takes two to tango. Like maybe I'm wanted to pay someone and John Henry was like, yeah, I'm not writing that check. We don't know those conversations. And Tyler made the point a few weeks ago about how they run a tight ship over there. There's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors under the Heim regime that never see the light of day. That doesn't mean that those conversations aren't happening. So we don't know the full extent of, uh, you know, Heim wanting to spend money, not being allowed to spend money. What we do know <clears throat> is what's public and what's public is that the Red Sox, since Heim came over here, have jumped from dead last, dead last when he got here uh, for farm system rankings to now having two prospects in the uh, top 10. And that is with some of these names that we've been excited about for the last few years having graduated. They are on the big league roster right now. Uh, So yeah, like when, like I, I get, when some people are just like, oh, the Bluminati and Heim can do and say whatever he wants and you guys will just lap it up and blah, 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 blah. We will never be able to fully process, grade, critique Heim Bloom as the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox until we see his guys come up and make a difference. Or if he takes his guys and turns those into proven big league talent via trade. Like, we don't know. Like it, it's like I get that five years is how many years would you give it for Heim? I, I think three. Yeah, I think at least he deserves next year. And I don't count twenty twenty. No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying how many years would you give him? Like you're not counting twenty twenty nope. and nineteen. Yeah. So it's basically what twenty. It's twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. Okay, so he's essentially been at the helm for three years. Is that a long enough leash to make? In a, an organizational impact. We're not talking big league roster. We're talking full scope, major league organization. Uh, is three years enough time to do that? No, because and you want to no. throw in the other factor. His first draft had fucking five rounds. 
He had five rounds. It wasn't like he had a 20 round draft he was working with and you got all these other picks. No. And what happened in that 2020 draft? Uh, Nick York, that guy, he's, you know, having a really good year at double A right now at 21. That's not bad. Blaze Jordan. Will be futures game. Yeah. Blaze Jordan, who just tore up high A and just got promoted to double A. Not bad. Shane Drohan, who is the best pitching prospect in the system and got promoted to triple A this year. And will be futures game. And that, yeah, two of those guys. And then Jeremy will yell and he's had Tommy John. We get it. If you have three guys that are, you know, pushing forward with that kind of stuff, you get excited. And that doesn't include, you know, the 2021 draft in 2022, where, dude, hitting on a guy like Roman Anthony, just sitting here and thinking about it. And I don't think this is, you know, being, you know, crazy or saying anything like that to see a prospect rise that quickly through rankings. I'm not calling him Mookie Betts. I want to make that clear. But was that the last time we saw a prospect explode that quickly, like through rankings like that? Like to this ridiculous level, who else come? Probably like Blake Swihart. Blake Swihart, you know, maybe you throw into that conversation as well. But like in terms of recent, and I'm not calling him Mookie Betts, but to you know immediately go first year full season of pro ball, you're 19, and people are putting you in the top 10 prospect in all of baseball. That's crazy. And we're talking about a mindset that's like a fusion of like Christian Yelich and like you know some Bryce Harperness to him. And I'm not saying he's going to become those guys, but that's the skill set we're looking at here with elite patience, power, you know, ability to work a high batting average onto onto it as well. I don't know if he'll stick in center field. That's a fair question, but he's at least a, you know, above average right fielder. How are you not thrilled? And people want to go and send these shots at Marcel Meyer. First off, I'll tell you right now, Meyer will be ranked ahead of him on every other list. This is their shot. They're going super high with it. Marcel Meyer, oh, he's hitting 196 at double A. The worst thing you can do when evaluating prospects is just look at a stat line because you will not know what's going on. It's a 196 batting average. He has a 186 BABIP down there. 300 is just like regular luck. So the guy's been unlucky. He's still hitting for power, six homers in 29 games. He's even cut his K percentage down by four points. It was like 22% or whatever. It's now down to 18. So he's making strides. He's just been a little unlucky. And guess what? He's adapting to the level. It's his first taste of double A. A lot of prospects are going to hit that bump. Let's not start crapping on a guy because, you know, now it's fun to crap on the Red Sox because they have too many good prospects, right? That's it. Oh, sorry. The guy you drafted in the, you know, second comp round or whatever in 2022 is better than your fourth overall pick in 2021. What, what is what kind of argument are, are you mad about here? He should just automatically be better. No, it's not like Meyer stock took a dip. It's just you have two great prospects that any team in the sport would love to have. That's it. Like, is that a hard concept for people to put through their head here? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is because I, I get listen, people are impatient and they should be. They should be. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. 
Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at Zin.com. That's Zin, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a Red Sox fan, the expectation is championship. The expectation is contender. We haven't had that in years. Like, that has not been the expectation in years. Even 21. Okay, they got to the ALCS. That was not the expectation. It just wasn't. So it's been a while since the expectation was championship, since the expectation was postseason. And I get the frustration. I do. But... I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't. You should be. It just, you, I'm not saying, hey, like, you know, you guys are overreacting. I'm not saying that anyone's overreacting. I'm with you. I've gone on these rants before this year being like, I'm fucking frustrated. I want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But then once you start to take a step back, you look at what the organization has in terms of prospects and the Red Sox are not built. They're not the fucking Oakland A's. OK, you're not just going to like have these prospects, hope that they come up. Hope that they become all-stars, platinum glove award winners, and then you go. Like, that's not, we're not the Kansas City Royals. This isn't Dayton Moore running the ship over here. The Red Sox win championships by having young, cost-controlled talent, prospects that come up, and their key pieces that are then supplemented by the superstars. 2018 had David Price for $217 million. They traded their top prospects to bring in Chris Sale. And then you had Mookie Betts, a homegrown talent, winning the MVP that year. Like, that's that's the mix. Like, that's just how the Red Sox do things around here. And maybe that's a Dave Dombrowski approach. Maybe they're trying to get away from the Dave Dombrowski approach of, well, we're not just going to, like, have all these top prospects just to trade them. Like, we're not going to do that. Like, we want them to come up because the, the A... Uh, we're we're hoping that they're good and B, they're cheaper. They're cheaper than trading for these guys that we're going to give $30 million a year to somewhere down the line if if we want to keep them. So I, it's it's wait and see still, but at least like it could think of it this way. Imagine if they were still the 30th ranked farm system in baseball and and you still had the the team what they are right now, which is still I'm not going to write off this 2023 Boston Red Sox team. They've been They've been, I know people don't like the word. They've been mid for a, a lot of the, the season, but guess what? They, they have a winning record right now, and the schedule kind of favors them coming out of the break as well. That's what it is. You're competitive, and you're seeing the farm system out of all the years here. This is the biggest leap I've seen the farm system take, where you have these amount of guys breaking out, and you're seeing another wave coming through. That's what you know tells me they have built a successful farm system here. Can you consistently get these guys coming through and you know, what adds to this? It's like, it's not all about all these guys being on the Red Sox. That's a great point, Jared. You know, the Nick Yorks, the Sedan Raffaellas, guys that if you look, they're in every trade conversation. You know what makes it more likely those guys get dealt? It's guys like Roman Anthony breaking out, you know, Cespedes down there, Garcia, all the names coming up, the paralysis of the world. You, you can't cling to everyone, but the more depth and the more names you see coming up means they can move some of these pieces. Because if you came into this year, you know, if you gave Haim true serum, I give him credit for being peace with or, you know, patient with Jaron Duran. Well, 
He didn't know. He didn't know if he had to hold on to Sedan Raphael and hope he became a center fielder of the future. Now you can have these conversations about different guys and be like, can you package two or three of them? Can they be the Yoen Mankata, the Michael Kopex, you know, um, Alexander Basabe, like whatever it may be. Can you package these guys and get us that piece? This is how all this comes together. No one's asking you or telling you to say you can't be upset about, you know, the Red Sox taking a step back and probably not going over the luxury tax and all these things this year. No, but you could sit there and be happy and appreciate the farm system making these gains because for you to have a 19 year old putting those numbers up at high A, it's ridiculous. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. There's a reason people are drooling and freaking out about him. Mm-hmm. It, like people just want like something to cry and piss about and, you know, all this different shit. It has nothing to do with Marcel Meyer. If you want to go and try to say Marcel Meyer sucks because Roman Anthony jumped him, what kind of takes are you giving me here? Oh, is the ninth prospect and the 10th prospect in baseball? Is there a friggin' difference? No. And all those evaluators will tell you the same thing. Once you get past like one or two, even that whole thing, that whole group, it's a very, you know, <laughs> like it's just basically what you prefer over one guy over the other. If I told you the Red Sox were going to have another guy jump into the top 10 this year, a lot of people would have guessed it was Miguel Blaze having a great year. Well, guess what? That guy, when he gets healthy, he's still going to be great. And you're also going to have Roman Anthony and you're also going to have Marcel Meyer pushing the big league level. This is the vision. If you want to be like the Braves, you want to be like the Astros, you want to have these homegrown cores that you can go around and do all this stuff. This is how you do it. Have there been missteps along the way? Sure. No one's going to talk about 2022 like there wasn't a bunch. But this, this is the kind of stuff that's going to make it easier for Heim to stick around. So you would say that you feel positive about it? This is some of the best news I've seen all year long. And I don't think that's an exaggeration whatsoever to have a prospect breakout at this level. It's massive for the farm system. I had them. You know, I know a lot of people want to say, well, Fangraphs had them as a top 10 system. It was slightly deceiving when that came out because Yoshida and Casas were in there. Well, you start pulling those names in and you plug in a guy who's going to be a definite top 40, top 50 prospect in the sport on other lists. That's where you want to be. That's how you keep this farm system going and justify some of the slower approach that's been coming here. This is what Heim can sell John Henry and whoever it may be on that. Look, I'm showing you we can get these guys. This front office, we know how to you know locate talent and get the best out of it. I talked to Tyler after the news came out that um, the Red Sox had not one but two prospects in the top 10. And it sounded like he needed a cigarette. Just it's awesome. I, I like I don't know how anyone else looks at it that way. This kind of Roman like Roman Anthony, dude. This is a guy with all these skill sets. You can say like, holy shit, he's just a major chip they didn't have before. A major chess piece. There's nothing to complain about. You should be happy and giving credit to the front office. And listen, you know, Heim, I know he's in on the first pick and all this different stuff. It's a lot of credit to the front office and that draft structure and how that's been there. So credit to them as well. But that's the stuff where I look at and say, you need a reason to have hope. That's a bunch of hope right there. Hey, Jake, uh, I know that you've been in the hospital, but I know that um, <clears throat> you, you lost. You probably lost uh, some fluids, but I don't think you lost your love for Blue Moon. And um, I don't think that you lost your appreciation for our dear friend Tyler Milliken either. So if you could somehow combine the two and tell the folks at home about Blue Moon. That would be outstanding. Beer is a tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon was the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition whether you're at the park or watching from home. 
I sure as hell wasn't watching from home this weekend. I was watching from the goddamn hospital. And if it wasn't for Dallas Braden and his shitty-ass Oakland A's team getting swept by the Red Sox, I don't know if I would have made it through. I mean, there were multiple times during that stay where I thought, damn, I might be taking bullet for walks up in the great beyond here pretty soon. They were asking me, can we get you water? Can we get you food? What can we get you? I said, I only need two things. I need a sock sweep and I need some blue moons. They wouldn't give me any blue moons, but I had some when I got home. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wee ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you a lot. Uh, you know, I feel like we told the people 20 minutes. You guys shockingly got more than 20 minutes. And we didn't even get into the stop and shop look ahead, which uh, we're about to get into right now because the Red Sox are playing the Chicago Cubs this weekend to resume the second half. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be an easy task. The Cubs, The Cubs are currently... In the NL Central, they are 42 and 47. They do have a positive run differential at plus 26, but they're seven games back of the Cincinnati Reds. They have a losing record, but it is not going to be an easy task for these Boston Red Sox this weekend, given the pitching matchup. So without further ado, the Stop and Chop look ahead brought to you by Stop and Chop. Head on down to shop, Stop and Chop and use the promo code section 10 to get 10 cents off each tangerine when you buy at least five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop using the promo code section 10. Uh, game one, Brian Bale, by the way, very excited to announce the Red Sox not using an opener in any one of these games. Three real starters are going in this series for the Boston Red Sox. I know. It's crazy. Game one. Brian Bayo versus Kyle Hendricks. Then you have James Paxton versus Marcus Stroman, followed by Cutter Crawford against Justin Steele, who I just interviewed in Chicago. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, 3-3, three and three, a 304 ERA, a 103 whip, <clears throat> 5.4 strikeouts per nine. He missed most of last year with a shoulder injury, uh, forced him to miss the first two months of uh, the season, debuting in late May. He even had to alter his arm path as part of the recovery. Whatever he did, it worked, though, because he's uh, has his best whip, FIP, and walks per nine since 2020. Best home runs per nine, hits per nine since 2016, which was the year that he finished third for the Cy Young voting. Uh, not known for his strikeouts, but 5.4 is even low for him. Uh, outside of his rookie year, his previous career worst was 6.5 in 2021. He has not topped five strikeouts in any game this year. He's coming off his worst start of the season right before the break, which came against the Yankees. Five and two thirds, 10 hits, four earned, five strikeouts and two bombs. Um, he has never been a flamethrower, but he's actually gained velocity from returning from his uh, shoulder injury. He was 86 and a half last year and is 87.3 this year. Wow. 
He also is using his changeup as his number one pitch for the first time in his career. Uh, opponents hitting just a buck 51 against it, 29% whiff rate. Uh, his his savant page is pretty funny looking. Five percent in strikeout percentage, two percent in uh fastball velocity, sixth percentile in whiff rate, ninety third in exit velocity, ninety fourth in walk rate, eighty ninth in chase rate, eighty sixth in hard hit rate. Cubs are six and three when he starts and have gone five and one in his last six. Red Sox hitters <clears throat> two forty seven with a six sixty nine OPS. Uh, Justin Turner, four for 21, but uh, half of his hits are home runs. Then we go to Brian Bale, our boy. Brian Bale, six and five, 304 ERA, 119 whip and a 7.9 strikeouts per nine. His last 12 starts, 72 and a third innings, 19 earned runs, 19 walks, 62 strikeouts, 235 ERA, a 619 opponent's OPS. He's allowed one home run since May 18th, which I believe was that his last outing. I think it might have been. Um, he's pitched into the seventh inning, five straight starts. The only time he didn't complete seven, he got pulled at six and two thirds. Um, his FIP is still fighting with him from the early home runs, but it's down to 377. Bayo allowed a home run in his first five starts and has only allowed three cents, two of which came in the same game. Red Sox are nine and five when he pitches and four and one in his last five. Cubs hitters, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. It was Trey Mancini. Then, James Paxton versus Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, 9 and 6, a 296 ERA, a 111 whip, and a 7.8 strikeouts per nine. He's an all star. Uh, I don't think he went to the all star game, but he is an all star, having a strong season, likely be in the Cy Young conversation at some point this year. 296 ERA is the best of his career. 341 FIP is right around his career average. He's allowed only six home runs in 112 and two thirds innings. That's pretty fucking nuts. Uh, he has a 0.8 home runs per nine average. Um, very impressive. Half the home runs came in one start against the Dodgers in April. Eight starts this year of allowing zero or one earned runs. Only five starts all year of three earned runs or more. Uh, he's allowed one home run since June 1st. Despite all the success, the last three starts have not been good. 14 innings, 17 hits, 15 runs, 12 of them earned, seven walks, 15 strikeouts, a home run, a 771 ERA, uh, a 741 OPS. Uh, he's only allowed 20 extra base hits all year, which is nuts. 12 doubles and six homers. He throws three pitches over 10% of the time. Uh, sinker slurve cutter. Best average is uh, 224. That's the sinker. Best slug is 318 against the cutter. Uh, he only throws his cutter to lefties. The slurve is the go-to pitch. 35% whiff rate, 200 batting average against. Cubs are 10 and 9 when he starts, and they've lost the last three straight. They hate scoring for him. 3.69 runs of support have only scored five runs three times. More than five runs three times in his 19 starts. Red Sox hitters, 298 with a 788 OPS against them. Couple doubles, couple homers. That is Adam Duvall with the homer and Kike Hernandez with the home run. James Paxton. James Paxton, 5 and 1, a 273 ERA, an 0.98 whip, and a 10.3 strikeouts per nine. Only has a few starts left before the trade deadline. The fascinating decision could be looming for James Paxton. Has only allowed more than three earned runs once this year. He's allowed four home runs in his last four games, which is a little bit concerning, but uh, his cutter, devastating this year. Opponents, 7 for 49. That's a 143 batting average. Uh, limited damage, only a, uh, one double and two homers with 20 strikeouts. 38% whiff rate is the highest of his three main pitches. 
The Red Sox are five and five when he starts, despite averaging five and a half runs per game for him. Uh, Cubs hitters five for 25. Trey Mancini, three for 14, couple homers. Uh, and Jan Gomes, two for eight with a double and a homer. So that is Saturday. Then you have Sunday, Justin Steele. Did we run that interview, Jake? Yeah, we did. A couple episodes back, Justin Steele on baseball is dead. Uh, nine and two with a 256 ERA, a 106 whip, and an eight strikeouts per nine. The lefty has taken a huge leap in each of his first three seasons. Uh, 2020, a 426 ERA. 2021, 318. 2022, 256. He's got 256. The FIP's legit. This year. Yeah, FIP is 286. Yep. Yeah. Uh, leads the MLB with a uh, 172 ERA plus in the National League with a 0.4 home runs per nine. He's allowed four home runs in 91 and a third innings. Uh, unlike Stroman, the Cubs love scoring for him. 5.67 uh, runs per game, four games with 10 plus runs and six of eight plus runs. That's nuts. Um, <clears throat> he's only allowed more than three earned runs twice this year and 16 starts. Only has two starts with three walks in a game. Uh, he's an innings eater too. Only failed to complete five innings in in two games and has completed six plus innings in twelve of sixteen starts. Uh, he's basically a two pitch pitcher. Four seam, sixty three percent usage. Slider, thirty three percent usage. Uh, the damage against those slider one ninety three batting average and the four seam two fifty. Uh, the whiff rates are pretty comparable. Twenty eight percent on the slider, twenty one percent on the four seam. Uh, baseball savant loves him and in, in the interview i asked him if he knew what baseball savant was and he said no <laughs> but baseball savant loves justin Steele. 94th percentile in average exit velocity 91st in hard hit percentage 81st in barrel percentage uh 79th in expected slug and 82nd in chase rate uh, red sox hitters two for 11 with a home run um and he will be going up against cutter crawford who is three and four with a 411 ERA, a 116 whip, <clears throat> 8.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, Crawford's stats are not pretty in the rotation, but uh, he's putting the Red Sox in a position to win. On his last four starts, the Red Sox are three and one, despite 20 and two thirds innings, 21 hits, nine earned runs, four walks, 17 strikeouts, four bombs, uh, 797 OPS. Uh, that's a 392 ERA and a 488 FIP. Uh, he does his best work. This is weird. Does his best work with the runner with runners on base. 220 with a 573 OPS. Um, with runners in scoring position, 261 with a 640 OPS. With the bases empty, 262 with an 804 OPS. Uh, he's allowed 10 home runs this year, and nine of them have been solo shots. Um, something maybe consider going into the stretch full time. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. The Red Sox are six and eleven when he pitches, and four and five when he starts, and he has never faced the Cubs. Uh, Jake, since you are back from the dead, I'm going to give you the first pick again. That is Brian Bayo versus Kyle Hendricks on Friday, eight oh five p.m. Eastern. James Paxton versus Marcus Stroman on Saturday. That's two twenty Eastern, and Cutter Crawford versus Justin Steele, two twenty Eastern. What do you got, Jake? This one's a hospital sweep. Hospital sweep. Whoa. Jake's got the hospital fucking sweep of the cup. 
in their fucking house in Chicago. Jake said, you know what? You guys can have your Wrigley Field. You guys can have your famous day games. You know what we're going to have? A sweep. Three wins in three games. Go fuck yourself. That's what Jake said. Which is interesting. I didn't think he was going sweep there, but he did. I have a feeling I know what Tyler's going to do. Tyler, what are you going to do here? I hate you. You're, you're going to make it seem like it was obvious. I am going to go two out of three. And listen, I, mm-hmm. I, I went one out of three. I've been on the more negative side. But I think people, you know, talking about this being an easy start. Not really. Uh-huh. When you look at the pitching, at least for this series as a whole. No, this is very hard. You're going to have to fight for two out of three here. But I do think the Sox come out swinging the right way because I'll tell you the truth. The next 10 games are going to decide what happens for the rest of the year for this team. This is the mm-hmm. time where they need to kind of put it together and prove to the front office we deserve some kind of investment at the deadline. Give me two out of three. I'm also going two out of three. I think they win the first two and lose the last one. I'd take that. I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, I think they take the first two and lose the last one. They take two out of three in the series. Um, steals nasty. Steals nasty. And I think with, I don't know. I look at like, Kyle Hendrick a little bit. I know he throws soft, but for a team that makes a lot of contact, he is amazing at making sure teams don't make, you know, hard contact off of him. That ner- that matchup makes me a little bit nervous, but this is go time for the Red Sox. If they don't show up to start, it's going to be hard to picture them showing up the rest of the year. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, I'm already 15 minutes past when I should have left my house, so I'm going to do that. Uh, thank you for listening. Sorry if you're disappointed that the episode is only a little bit more than like a half hour, but we weren't even going to I mean, we weren't going to leave you hanging on the stop and shop. Look ahead. But it was always designed to be a quick episode, even if I didn't have to leave. Uh, but we will be back on Sunday at the conclusion of this Cubs series. We'll see if Jake's hospital sweep holds up. Should be a fun one. Enjoy the weekend of baseball. Welcome back, Jake. Welcome back. Fucking socks. The second half is ready to go. The Boston Red Sox are rolling into Chicago to continue their five-game winning streak, their 7-1 record in the month of July. They're only a game back of the New York Yankees. Can they make a run at this thing? I don't know, but we're going to find out starting on Friday. Buenas noches, amigos.